For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Father, as we're in the season of Advent, Father, I pray that we will prepare ourselves, that we'll prepare our hearts well before you, God. I pray, Holy Spirit, that we'll not be distracted by the noises around us, by the seasons and the friendships and different relationships. But Lord, I pray, Lord, we will keep our eyes focused on you, just as the Magi, the shepherds, as they knew who the Messiah was, as they knew that the Savior was born, I pray, God, that we will know that our King has been born and our King is here, that we'll place our focus on you and you alone, Father. I pray, Holy Spirit, that, God, that you will instill within us discernment and wisdom and sensitivity to your presence, to your will, O oh God, to follow you wholeheartedly. I pray now as you transition to your message, I pray, God, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be pleasing in your sight, O oh God. Father God, you are not pleased with number, but you are pleased with faithfulness. You are pleased with faithfulness. So God, we choose to be faithful today. Despite how many or how little, Lord, we look to you, God, for the audience of one. I pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, in my prayer. And God's people pray. Amen. Let's begin with today's message. Today, uh, today's series, part of the Evans series, today's message is called Surrender. Turn to your neighbor and say, Surrender. Surrender. Okay, good. Now, let's start with two scriptures, and then we'll get into the main ones. But two supporting scriptures, we'll start with the first scripture, Psalm chapter 86, in verse 11 and 12. It says this, Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart, that I may fear your name. I will praise you, Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. Psalm 25. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. This song matches the song. The psalm matches the song that we just sang, the last song, Surrender. Let me just go ahead and read the words again. I'm giving you my heart and all that is within. I lay it all down for the sake of you, my king. I'm giving you my dreams. I'm laying down my rights. I'm giving up my pride for the promise of new life. And I surrender all to you, all to you. And I surrender all to you. So today in this season, I want to remind us today that in God, it's all about surrendering ourselves to him, entrusting our lives to him, and surrendering all of our dreams, all of our rights during the season of Advent. So turn to your neighbor again and say, surrender. surrender. Now, let's start with the first main scripture, Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38. It begins with this. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, Nazareth, which, which means it's a place, but it also, also means set apart, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, 
a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, was, she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. Which we know that's John the Baptist. For no word from God will ever fail. Meaning for nothing is impossible with God. And then what does she say? She says in verse 38, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your words to me be fulfilled, meaning may be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. So focusing on verse 28 and 30, just, let's just go back real quick. The angel went to her and said, what? Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Verse 30, it says, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. So let's go ahead quickly and let's talk about what this blessing was. What was this blessing that the angel brought to Mary? The blessing was pregnancy. So when you think about Mary at the age of 13, which we talked about a little bit last week, you could just imagine this crazy calling from God. Is it a crazy blessing? or a crazy curse during the season and the context of her age and the season of the culture or the place where she was in. Because God, if my life is going to look anything like Mary, if your life is going to look anything like Mary, many of us will say, Lord, don't bless me at all. People may look at this life, look at this story, and they will call it a tragedy. But really, in reality, it was a blessing in disguise. A lot of times we've experienced things in our lives where we made a move when we're young or we had to do things because your parents or your dad or your mom, they made you do something. But at the end, you realize it was a blessing in disguise. One of the blessings in disguise was when I first stepped into America. I remember when I was in Korea, I did not want to move. Who wants to move at a young age? You know, moved many times when I was young. Every move, I hated it, but I realized everything, everything, every step along the way is God's way of blessing and his step. And when God is with you, he is with you, even in, the, in your times of trouble. So this was a blessing in disguise. Again, was it a crazy blessing or was it a crazy curse for this young woman? And what was Mary's answer in this process? She said, I am available. I am available. That's what she said. And what God called Mary to do was horrible. Think about this. If you ever grew up in a small town, you know that there are no secrets. Everyone knows the gossip, the rumors. Everyone knows your family secrets. 
they live in a small town. So instantly, the, when the fact, the truth of her being pregnant came out into the open, it would cause a tremendous shame to her life. It would cause crazy rumors. Meaning in the process, as a result, she would become an immediate outcast. Mary's pregnancy will place her, had placed her at considerable risk in her society. Think about the scandal at age 13, being pregnant. I'm going to show you a picture on the screen. Screenshot again. I mentioned the Godfather last week. Uh, this is literally what it will look like when you will not be able to go on a private date alone. Again, this is a very highly conservative culture. If you were to go on a date, there will be witnesses. The family will be following behind you, watching, seeing whether your hands, where your hands are, and everything. They will watch your very move. So in this context, for her to be pregnant, when she says here, how is this possible? How would this be in verse 34? How would this be since I am a virgin? You could understand the shame and the crazy rumor and the scandal that this, this event will bring to her small town. So let's quickly go ahead and talk about the husband and what would happen. And let's just go ahead and just talk about this, the setting so that we have a fuller understanding of what would happen to Mary. So her husband, the man that she was pledged to be married, right, would reject her, which is, in this case, his name is Joseph. Her pregnancy would embarrass Joseph, and it would not just taint her reputation, but it would taint Joseph's reputation. Again, Joseph is a righteous man. He is a man of honor, and it would taint her husband, her husband-to-be reputation. How will she make her husband understand? Think about it. Honey, I am pregnant, but we know that we were never alone. I mean, what guy would ever take that? It's like, yes, okay, you don't like me? You want to leave me? Okay, then be honest with me. Honey, I am pregnant. How will she make her husband understand? And again, she'll be shunned by society. She and the child will be shunned. You guys ever watch the show Amish? Uh, the Amish TV shows, like back in the day, it's like these teenage Amish kids, like they want to rebel, and if they leave the society, then they are forever shunned by society. That's exactly what would happen to Mary. She'll be shunned by her family. The penalty would be Deuteronomy chapter 22, which would be, she'll be stoned. The law provided in cases like this for possible stoning. We see it in John chapter 8. The woman who was caught in the act of adultery. Remember the men, they came, they came with stones. They're about to stone Jesus. And that's when Jesus goes and he starts doodling on the ground. He starts writing on the ground. And then they start dropping the stone from the oldest to the youngest. And they walk away because they understand that they are sinners as well. And we see that the penalty by the law would be that she'll be killed. For Mary, remarriage, that's not even an option. She would not be able to get married again. If it's not for Joseph, then she would never be able to get married again. No upstanding man would ever marry this woman because a stigma of adultery will remain in her reputation, in her image. It will be out of question. Her tainted reputation will leave her with no husband for the future. She will never be able to get married again. She would have nowhere to go. 
she'll be as good as homeless. She wouldn't be able to move out. Like in this day and age, when we look at this story, we say, oh, what's the big deal? Get a job and move out. That's what we do as women. Pack out and go, get a job. But it wasn't like that back in the day. She could not just move out. Where would she get the money? Who would provide for her? She couldn't just move out into the city and live on her own. She had to be dependent on a kinsman redeemer. So what's amazing in this story of Mary, we're focusing on Mary here. What's amazing here is that knowing all the consequences that would happen to Mary, knowing everything, Mary still chose obedience. Turn to your neighbor and say obedience. Turn to your neighbor and say surrender. 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 Out of even, even, I mean, she knew everything, all the consequences, everything that this would bring. She still chose obedience to God. And meaning her obedience is beyond this world. 99% of people in this world are more interested in being in the front, having the best reputation, living, going VIP, going to the front row of the show, having the form of righteousness, but have no power. Meaning we look good on the outside, but inside we have no substance. But here in this case, we see Mary. She chooses the backdrop. And I say again, she chooses the backdrop. So the question that I have for you, and I want you to ask yourself this question. Are you a person, are you an individual that chooses the stage, the front, to look good in front of people? Or are you an individual, are you a person that chooses the stage or the backdrop? like Mary did. Again, Mary, she's honored among all figures during this Christmas season. Right? We understand that. Right? We understand that she was honored for her actions. And we understand that at that time, as she was making this decision, she wasn't thinking, my name will be in history and people will remember me. For her, this decision will be death to her. Would be, death, would be death to her present, would be death to her reputation, would be death to everything that she knew. I mean, what faith, what an amazing faith that this young woman showed. So again, the question, are you a person that chooses the stage or the backdrop? For many, they would choose reputation over character, image over obedience, but not Mary. Not Mary. She said, I am available. When she said, I am available, literally it meant death to her. It meant death to her life, to the life that she knew. It would cost her everything. Now, let's go to Joseph. Let's go to Matthew 1, 18 to 25. Okay, let's go ahead and read Matthew 1, 18 to 25. Okay, now this is about the husband Joseph. This is, how, this is what it says. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, meaning he was a righteous man, he was a holy man, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. 
All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord has commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate with their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. So let's quickly talk about Joseph. What was the character of this man, Joseph? Joseph, we understand, he was a righteous man. Let's take a look at verse 19. It says, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law. The Bible is very clear that he was a righteous man. And yet, did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. What does the word righteous mean? Dikaios, justice, upright, fair, interested in doing the right thing, honorable, just, and good. He, meaning he was a good man. He was a righteous man. By marrying her, Joseph will be found compromising himself in the eyes of the law. That is why he had decided to divorce her quietly. But his righteousness went deeper than a mere external righteousness. Joseph's righteousness was never about the outward experience, but it was the internal righteousness that he had before God, meaning he was a good man. He wasn't there just to show on the outside, yes, I'm repentful. Yes, I am sorry. Yes, I did wrong. But inside, he wanted to do the right things, meaning he came clean. He came clean. Meaning the question, how many of us are willing to go against the flow of things to do something different than this world? The world says cheat. The world says go and do what you want to do. Do what pleases you. Pursue your dreams, your own things that that you want to do for your life. Follow the ways of the world, the American dream. But God tells us to honor him, to forsake the world, and to look to him and to trust him. And to look to him. It doesn't matter what, what it looks like into the, to, the, to the eyes of the world. But to trust him and to follow him. To follow God in a deep, internal, in a relationship way. Where we have deep, eternal relationship. You know, in a, we have internal righteousness before God. Where the law resides in our heart. It's no longer just about following the Ten Commandments. Looking good on the outside. But it's about having the true law. The law of the heart. The heart of God in our lives. Joseph was that kind of man. Joseph was honorable, and he wanted to do the right thing. And what was the right thing? It was to obey. And to obey, he did. He had obedience, and he surrendered to God. So turn to your neighbor and say, surrender. So in both cases, we see here that they both surrender to God's will. When you are faced with a call, when God calls you, What are you going to do? Are you going to surrender? Or just surrender, but for this, just to look good on the outside, just for image's sake? Will you truly surrender as these two individuals did? I mean, look, the consequences were very real here. Like I said, it could mean death. But yes, they chose yes. They said, yes, Lord. And in turn, Joseph makes the right decision. But he obeys the Lord. And we learn in the Bible, we learn even in the story of 
of Saul and Samuel that obedience is always better than sacrifice, right? To obey God, obedience, surrender is always important. It's the first and most important thing. Joseph changes his mind. Well, God changes his mind, right? The angel comes in a dream in verse 20 to 21. It says, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now, the Bible is very specific, guys. When the Bible says he was a righteous man, it's showing the reader what kind of man he was. And the Bible also says that when the angel here, when it says, when the angel addresses Joseph as son of David, Son of David is to emphasize Joseph's honor position of Israel's greatest king. He is the lineage from the king David himself. So the angel tells him, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. The same thing that the angel told Mary, he tells, the angel tells Joseph, do not be afraid. The angel assures him to proceed with the relationship. For Mary's pregnancy is not adulterous, but from the Holy Spirit given by God himself. That was the whole prophecy of the Old Testament, the Messiah, the prophecy, over 300 prophecies as we talked about. It came to fulfillment. It happened in this moment. Many of us, we've, we've grown up watching and hearing the story of Jesus, the birth of Jesus. We become so numb and we're so used to it. I mean, this is an amazing story. I mean, every year it's the same, but it should never numb us. What they did, what happened in this incident, in this situation is amazing, it's beyond words. I mean, it took tremendous faith for these two, for them to go ahead and to make this decision. And last thing that I wanna say about Joseph, Joseph and Mary is this. Well, before we go ahead and talk about Joseph and Mary, the last thing that I want to say about Joseph is this. Joseph, he is a protector. Turn to your neighbor and say, protector. Joseph protects Jesus and Mary. Jesus meaning the baby, the infant. Not, not born yet, but, but Joseph, he protects these two individuals. The quality of God is what? Our God is what? He is our protector. So part of us as guys, we have this instinct in us. Every one of the guys here, every one of us as, you, as human beings, the ladies as well, we all have instinct to protect our loved ones, to protect our friends, to protect our family. That comes from God because God is ultimately our protector. The whole story of the scripture is that God is our protector. He protects us. Why? Because he loves you. He loves us. He loves his people because he is jealous for us. That is the reason why God is our protector. And we see here in this, in this character of Joseph, this amazing characteristic of Joseph, that he is the protector. Well, God is the protector, but Joseph puts it into action. What Adam felt to do in the beginning, where he just passively sat as a serpent deceived his wife. Joseph does the exact opposite. He exemplifies courage 
and he protects his woman and his child. Let's take a look. Matthew 2, verse 12 to 13. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route, another route. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Meaning in this context, Herod, the king at that time, he orders every infant under the age of two in Bethlehem to be killed. Just imagine this. Under the age of two, all children to be killed. All infants. I mean, if you think about the slaughter, the mass, and if you were to think about just even now, guys, like with abortion and with children being killed and the, the number of just the massive number that children are being killed every single day. I mean, this is a very serious thing. Every children under the age of two were killed. So Jesus really didn't grow up with like, hey, you were born in 85? Oh, yeah, me too. Same. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> Everyone, he had no friend. It would just be someone older or younger. And literally, Jesus would grow up with no one around him. And we understand the seriousness of the situation. That get up, take the child and his mother, escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Joseph here, right away, he doesn't take the passive route. He doesn't go, ah, you know, I mean, it's just a dream. It's it's all good. Nothing's going to happen. Joseph immediately takes action and saves Mary and Jesus. I mean, he's, again, he's a stuck. Imagine they make a movie based on this scene, right? Like, like I remember uh, I watched um, the Bible documentary, and there's a scene in Sodom and Gomorrah, and the two angels, the story of the, the two angels, and one guy is Asian. I'm like, what? He's like doing kung fu moves. The angel's doing legit kung fu moves. I'm like, this is great. What are they doing? It's the funniest thing. We got to watch it. He's like, he's like doing spin kicks and like killing all of me, destroying the people. <coughs> so Joseph, literally, that's what he does. He literally, that's what he does. He goes and he says, Mary and Jesus. He takes it into action. And he goes and he saves these two individuals. And we see, and we, when we read this passage, we understand that all of us, we are here today because of the ultimate sacrifice that was given to us. All of us are here due to the ultimate sacrifice given to us. I'll say that again. And what is the ultimate sacrifice? And who is the ultimate sacrifice? Is Jesus Christ. The cost of this greatest blessing, of the greatest blessing, the blessing that came to us. Yes, it was free to us, but it cost everything, everything. It cost Mary's reputation. It cost Joseph's reputation. But they did not care about their reputation. All they cared about was what? Doing God's will. Surrendering to his will. All of us are here due to the sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. The cost of this greatest blessing that we received, it came with the price of our Messiah. Jesus Christ. December 14th in 2012, Victoria Lay Soto, uh, she was a first grade teacher at Sandy Hook Elementary School. If you remember the Sandy Hook shooting, was among 26 people killed in a horrific shooting which happened Friday at the school. Think about Friday, 
get ready for the weekend, but this crazy tragedy happens. At the age of 27, a 2003 graduate of Stratford, so she's literally my age, like around my age, um, high school reportedly shielded her first grade students from Adam Lanza's gunfire with her own body. When she became aware there was a gunman in the school, she hid her first graders in closets and cabinets, then told the shooter that they were in the gym. He turned the gun on the lady, on the teacher, killing her, and none of her students were harmed. You have to understand that the cost of the greatest gift for these students during this Christmas season, again, happened in December. We, we understand that the, 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 the fact that they are alive, the cost, the, the fact that they are alive and the cost of someone else's life, the sacrifice of someone else's life, giving that life, their life for that person. We see that in the same way, the same, same, same blessing that we have, that we have received, is the same blessing that we received from God himself. We have received, we cost God the life of an innocent lamb, a spotless lamb, and his name is Jesus Christ. And I want to say this, that blessings don't always come in nice packages. Don't be fooled by the packages. Don't be fooled by the lights and what it looks good on the outside. But blessings don't always come in nice packages. And we see it in the story of Mary and Joseph. Yes, we see it now. Many years later, we read the story. Wow, Mary was amazing. We make paintings about her. We, we praise her. We praise Joseph for their actions and everything that they did. But at that moment, it didn't feel like a blessing. It felt like a curse. But they knew at the end of the day that it was a blessing because God will never forsake his people. They knew the character, the character of God. They knew who God was. And they trusted God. Again, going back to Isaiah. right? You will not recognize him. Nothing about his physical was beautiful or attractive. We read we went over that in Advent, in the beginning, to see. Isaiah 55, 8-9, it says that for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. That when we say yes to God, yes in that moment, it feels like we're losing everything. It feels uncertain. It's scary to say yes. But we know that in, at the end, that God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. That we trust in who God is and his character and that he will never leave us abandoned. Did he leave Mary and Joseph abandoned? No. God took care of them. And they were known as one of the greatest figures in the characters of the scripture because of the action that they took. I mean, if you were Joseph or Mary, I don't know, would we really take those actions, those decisions? Looking at the society today, I don't think so. Again, 99% will say no, and they will look out for themselves. But as true Christians, we need to recognize that blessings come at a cost. Is it a special curse, or is it a special blessing? We understand that it was 
a special blessing, but it came with a cost. It was not an easy decision. So Joseph and Mary, they set the tone for the welcoming of the greatest blessing, uh, Jesus Christ. Through Mary and Joseph's faithfulness, Jesus Christ came to fulfillment. Through Mary and Joseph's faithfulness, we were able to celebrate Christmas, the blessing that was brought to the whole earth, even to this present day. And that is why we're here celebrating Christmas, everyone. It came with the sacrifice of all these individuals. So what is the order to to accessing this blessing from God? Very simple. It comes with the call. So turn to your neighbor and say, it comes with the call. Call from God. Just like Mary and Joseph, the call came from God. And then, what's the second part? It's just one part and then the next part. Flip the coin. First part is call. Second part is respond. Turn to your neighbor and say respond. You respond in faith. So again, call and respond. You say, yes, Lord, I am available. Can you just take a moment right now, whisper in your heart, and when you're ready, and if you really mean it during the season of Christmas, during the season of Advent, say, yes, Lord, I am available. Say it in your heart. Write it in your notes. Engrave it in your heart. And say, yes, God. I want you to know the weight of what you're saying yes to. It caused Mary, Joseph, everything. Everything. Are you willing to give your everything? Are you willing to give up your everything? Are you willing to give up your dreams? Are you willing to give up your rights? The world will say it's a curse. Don't do it. Don't do it. But we know that it's the greatest blessing of all is to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Faith comes to life when you take that step in faith. And that faith is when you say yes. It's not just words, but it's action. You have to claim it as yours. You have to choose faith over reputation. Reverend Emil Brunner, a theologian, said this. Faith is obedience and nothing else. It's surrender. Faith is not dwelling on what we do not understand, but being faithful to the light we are given. Faith is not an act. It is a process. It is committing all we know of ourselves to all we know of God and Jesus Christ. Mary stands out on the corner of faith, for she not only prepared the way of the Lord, she provided him room. And in this case, where did she provide her room? It was her room. Her room is the most intimate place of her body. The most intimate place of her body, she provided room for Jesus. Therefore, during this season in 2019, I pray that you will have a true, a newer meaning of what it means to say yes. That's going to cost you your everything. Be ready. Be ready in 2020. Be ready in 2021. Be ready in 2022. Even if my life doesn't go beyond 2023, I know that I have lived my life to the full 
A lot of us, we want to spend time, waste time, doing a lot of different things, different things to waste our time. But we have to realize that in this short, this little gap of life that we have, the short time that we have in this life, you understand that you live it for God and no one else. Don't waste your time doing meaningless things. Don't waste your time going golfing, doing fishing, doing all these different, those things, I'm not saying those things are bad things, but if they become your main thing, and we see a lot of leaders, a lot of pastors, a lot of people, when they're supposed to be doing things, being busy, doing things for God, serving the poor, serving and doing the right things, we see them wasting their lives, wasting their resources, their money on things for themselves, pleasing themselves. And we see a lot of pastors take on the money from the church. And we see it. We see the corruption. We, how many of us, we grew up in a church where churches have broken apart due to finances, due to money, due to corruption, due to adultery? It is possible for us to be faithful. It is possible for us to live a life that pleases God by reading the scripture, by learning, learning from the mistakes, learning and gaining wisdom from the scripture. And we need to trust God. If Mary and Joseph had blind faith, when they had no guidance, they were literally the first individuals, except Elizabeth. After the 400 years of the darkness, when they didn't hear the voice of God, after Malachi in the Old Testament, the last book of the Old Testament, these individuals came. They had no GPS. They had no navigation. They didn't have a guideline, a handbook like we do with the Bible. They said, yes, Lord. What is our excuse? What is your excuse? What is my excuse? I have none. How can I not give my life to this king? The one who lived a humble life as an infant, born as an infant, who gave himself for me, even in death, oh, the pain and the shame, and that doesn't end. So I'm closing with this. The question is this. Are we childish or are we childlike? Ask yourself this question. Am I childish? Or am I child-like? Antonio, let's get the lights. I don't want anyone to fall asleep. It's not about setting the mood. And this is a real question that I want to ask you. Let's get one of the lights off. Now again, let's not take this day for granted. For tomorrow is not promised to any one of us. Do not be deceived by the number or the setting of where we are. This is a, a true and a real question between you and God. And the question is this, are we childish or are we childlike? Are you, Andrew, childish or are you childlike? What is the difference here? If Mary was childish, she would have said, nope. I have a life to live. I have a man I'm going to marry. I'm going to live my life for myself, and that's it. I want to pursue my dreams. I have my rights, God. You have no right to ask me to give up my rights. 
But what was her faith like? She was childlike. Her answer was, Yes, Lord, I am available. I am available. If we were married, most of us would have acted like a child. We have, would have complained and said, Why God? Why? Why me? Why me? Carl Barth says this. He says in quote, Mary, the figure that is raised above all the figures of Advent. That if we were Joseph, that we would have more worried more about people's judgments and opinions rather than pleasing God. We would have said things like, God, this is embarrassing. Don't you know that I have a good reputation here? That I've built a good reputation for myself? That I have a reputation to protect here? Though Mary, she was a child at the age of 13. She said, yes, Lord, yes, I am available. Joseph, yes, everything would have fallen apart. All the reputation, everything that he had built for himself would have been broken down. But at the end of the day, he said, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Just imagine how you were at the age of 13. I know what I was like. I know who I was. I know how immature I was. But at this age, Mary, she has the spiritual maturity to say, yes, I'm available. Understanding and knowing all the consequences of everything that would happen to her. Majority of you right now in this room, we had a tough year. Well, all of us, we had a tough year. And for some of you, you are going through a tough time right now. Right now. Things that you can't share with others, things that's just in your heart, things that have been haunting you day and night. And there are those who have, maybe things are easy right now. Everything is just going smooth. But just because everything in life is going smooth and easy, it, doesn't, it does not mean that you are in God's will. You are in fact mistaken. Always remember this. Remember this. The devil leaves those who are harmless, quote-unquote harmless, nice, or in between, between their lukewarm Christians, never choosing a side, right or wrong, never taking a stand, never surrendering their life to God, the devil will leave those alone, those individuals alone. Why? Because you are harmless in his plans. You are, in fact, helping him to expand his kingdom on this earth. But if you're going through a hard time right now, and I'm not saying this is the case every time, but for those who are in God, and I'm saying right now, if you're in Christ and you're going through a hard time right now because you have stood for righteousness as Joseph did, and you stood for right righteousness as Mary did, the devil will attack you. He will constantly attack you. He will attack you because he knows that you have influence, you have character, 
you have humility, you have integrity, you have a relationship with the Father, and you are serving Him, you are serving God with passion and zeal, then He will come and He will distract you. Left and right, He will whisper lies, whispers. He will bring people to discourage you. The devil will do everything in his power to destroy you, to take you off course, to, to, to seduce you, to threaten you, to bring fear into your life, to scare you. Always remember that the Christian life is a difficult path. It says, Not many will enter, will gate, will enter the gate. Whoever told you growing up that it'd be easy, they lied to you. They lied to you. If it was easy, we would never grow. That many would that everybody would be Christian. If it was never easy, if it was easy, then we would never grow and grow in character. God desires faithfulness in the midst of trials and temptations. Mary was in it for the long haul. She said, God, I am in, I'm in it for the long haul. This decision, this one single decision would change the destiny of our life, of our future forever. I mean, Mary is such a sad character. I mean, I can't imagine as a parent losing a child. We hear stories about parents losing their children and they say things like that the worst thing that could happen is for their children to die before they pass away. But Mary, she doesn't just see her own child die by natural disaster, natural pain or disease, but she literally sees all the injustice. Jesus being spat on, her own son being spat on, she sees her own son being punched, chained, whipped, bloody. These whips, I'm not talking about just these little whips that just comes and it just reflects the skin. It literally sticks to the skin. It's filled with rocks and bones. It literally, it sticks to the skin that when you have to literally pull the whip out. When you pull the whip, whole flesh, the bone, everything gets a chunks of flesh will be, will be taken out. And she is there the whole time. She witnesses her son being crucified on the cross. How can, as a mother, how can she just stand back and just watch? I mean, her life is such a sad story. To see her own son being murdered in this way because she knew. She knew when she knew, she knew just as she knew when she was at the age of 13, and the age that she knew Years later, when she saw Jesus, her own son being crucified, she knew that this was a decision. That she knew, God, I am in it for the long haul. I am in it forever. I am in it for life. Right now, are you in it? Because you are excited today, and next week you're not, and you leave left and right. Tossed back and forth by temptations and trials walking away from your faith or are you in it for the long haul tell them today right now as you're sitting in your seat God I am in it for life I am in it for the long haul God I choose to be blessed today and whatever the cost Lord I will obey I will surrender I give you my all I surrender everything all of my dreams all of my rights I lay it at your feet Make that your prayer this afternoon.
Make that your prayer. Oh God, we look to you. Help us to surrender. God, as Mary and Joseph did. Oh God, let us surrender to you, oh God. Holy Spirit, let us see the truth. Let us know you during this season of Advent. God, speak to us. Help us to choose you. Help us to say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Yes, I am available. God, I give you my own. I give you my everything. Oh, God, we look to you. God, we trust you. Holy Spirit, we trust you. We trust your promise, your guidance, your wisdom.
am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. Faith is about action. It's not just about saying yes and not doing anything. It's about saying yes and following through every single day, day in and day out. Even when things are hard, listen to me. Even when things are difficult, you say, yes, Lord, yes, I don't understand. It's not why, God, why, but what is it that you're trying to teach me? A lot of times you want to ask why because it's so difficult. Yes, that's okay, but don't question God. Don't never forget who he is, his character. He loves you. He cares for you. He has the best things in store for you. Just trust him. Trust in his providence. Trust in in the character of who our father is. Say yes. Yes, and follow through every single day. You will not be perfect. You will never be perfect. But you try over and over again. You fail, you mess up, you do it again. You get up and you do it again. You say, yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. So God, I pray, Holy Spirit, that during the season of Advent, as next Sunday is Christmas Sunday. Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you teach us your ways. Help us to truly know the true meaning of Advent during this season. Let it not be like it was in the past when we're too young and immature. With that Christmas, it was about the gifts. With that Christmas, it was about the children. With that Christmas, it was about the vacation and the holidays and the traditions. But Lord, it's about Jesus Christ. It's about the birth of our Messiah. And of our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. Help us not to lose sight of that, the truth of who you are. Father, we love you. Pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, in my prayer. And God's people pray. Amen.